Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. start off with a question. I don't want you to answer out loud, but I want you to think. I want to ask you this question. What is the greatest experience that someone's ever given you? What is that greatest experience? Maybe it was someone that, that took you to a ball game or something, you know, to a special park or, or, you know, just gave you an experience. I would tell you that one of the greatest experiences of, of Rhonda and I's life is that you guys gave us on our 20-year anniversary of being the pastor of this church, uh, you gave us a trip to Israel. And that was one of the most amazing things that I've ever uh, experienced. I've got to walk where Jesus walked, and I've got to be baptized in the river that he was baptized in, the Jordan River. It was an amazing experience. But one of the greatest experiences of my life was not that. The greatest experience of my life happened when I was 15 years old. There's a man by the name of Randy Brooks that introduced me to Jesus Christ. And he gave me an opportunity for a better life. And I want to tell you that that experience that he offered me, that opportunity that he shared with me that only could come through Christ, revolutionized my life. Do you know that decision changed my family tree? Do you know that? Like, like if you were to go back to my family and look at my family, you would see that that was, a, that was the time that, that things changed. A lot of my family were alcoholics. Everyone in my family was divorced. You know, and, and there was a lot of, th- and, and poverty But because of that decision and that opportunity that he afforded me, God changed everything. Amen? Amen? Amen. I would dare to say, had that not happened years ago, you would, of course, the only way you would have known me would probably read about me in the paper or heard it on the nightly news. And the same with some of you, right? And so this opportunity is the greatest opportunity in the whole world because, you know, if Jesus did not just save my soul, he saved my life, Right? Because I would have been arrested. I mean, it would, I would have followed right down the trail of all the generations before me, you know, and then I would have been messed up. But God changed that. And so I, I want to tell you today that you have that opportunity as well. You have the opportunity to give people the opportunity for a better life through Christ. And the most, most of us want to do that. I th- if, you could, if you could help someone like that guy helped me, wouldn't you want to do it? I mean, wouldn't you want to do that? And so most people want to, but they don't know how to. And so today I want to walk you through three things today that I believe is going to help you be able to give people an opportunity for a better life. And listen, you always remember this. There's another Jeff out there. That's what I think every day. Every day when I get up, someone said, Pastor Jeff, do you get tired of being a pastor? I'm like, no. I think there, I have tiring days, I have stressful times, stress beyond sometimes I think what I can bear. And I said, you know, if you, gave, if you were to give me $10 million tomorrow and say, I'll give you $10 million, but you, cannot, you can't be a pastor anymore, you can't preach anymore, you know what I would say to you? Keep it. I don't want it. Because what was given to me when I was 15 years of old, God has grown. And every day I get up, I was like, God... I want to help someone else have the same opportunity I had because it saved my life. 
And God saved me. You know, not just my soul, but my life. You, you understand that? That's why he wants to save our life, not just our soul. And so today, Rhonda, you know, Rhonda and I this year will celebrate our 32nd wedding anniversary. Uh, yes. Yep. This year. Next Tuesday, we will celebrate our, another anniversary that's very special to me. Next Tuesday will mark 24 years of us being the pastor of this church. 24 years. I just want to tell you that, to me, what we're talking about today is the most critical thing we'll ever talk about because it's in your hands. The power is in your hand to change someone's life. So let's talk about it. There's a guy that, uh, uh, in the Bible, how to give an opportunity for a better life. There's two guys, named, one's named Peter, one named John, and they were actually followers of Christ, Jesus. And Jesus had come on the scene. They'd been his disciples. Jesus died on the cross. He arose again, you know. Uh, we had Easter. They had seen Easter. And then Jesus had went back to God. And they were just, you know, uh, began to preach the gospel. That's how the church started. They began to preach the gospel. And one day, they, just, they wanted to go to the church to pray. And when they went, were going to the church to pray, they ran across a man. And this man had a need. So I want to pick up the story and we'll just read it right out of the Bible. Look what it says. In Acts 3, it says this. One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now a cripple from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to what? To beg. Notice that. He was begged from those going into the temple court. When he saw Peter and John to, uh, about to enter, he asked them for what? Ask them for money. All right. So let me explain to you what's happened. Is that the temple court, uh, I, the, the clearest picture I can give you is what Ron and I, we went out west uh, and we went into uh, uh, Salt Lake area. And we went there, the, you know, the Mormons are really big there and they have something called the Mormon uh, temple court. And around their big church and all this, they have, it's fenced in. It's like there's a fence around it. But there's all these gates that you can go in. And at every gate, I noticed that there were people there that were begging for money. Every gate you went through, too. Why? Why would they do that? Why would you go to the church and beg? Because the people with the kindest heart and the softest hearts are about to go into that place, right? And so if they see you, so that was the strategy of this guy. He had friends or he had family somehow that would actually take him to the temple court at the gate and they would sit him right there before people could go into the, to the church they had to go by him, and he would beg. He would ask them for money. Okay, so that's sort of the scenario, all right? So what I want to share with you is the first thing. I want to, well, let me give you three words that we want to remember today, and then I'll get to the, the how-tos. There's three words that I want you to remember today. They are care, prayer, and share. Okay, can you say those with me? Ready? Come on. Care, prayer, and share. Care, prayer, and share. Because that's how you give an opportunity for a better life. So that takes us to number one. How do we give an opportunity for a better life? Number one, would you write this down? Let them know I care. Whoever it is around you, first of all, you got to let them know that you care. And this is, this is where we see this story breaks this down. Look what happens now. So he just went in. This man's begging. Look what happens. It says Acts 3 and 4. It says, Peter looked what? Straight, straight at him. All right, all right. That's eyeball to eyeball. He looked straight at him as did John. Then Peter, said, then Peter said this. Let's read what's on the line. You ready? Come on. Look at us. Notice that. They looked at him, but apparently he wasn't looking at them, but he was begging. They said, look at us. 
So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Now, why, did the man, why was the man not looking at them? Because when you're a beggar and you get, you have to get used to being rejected, right? And when someone rejects you, it doesn't hurt as much if you're not looking at them, right? And so he was used to being ignored. You and I, you and I know this story all too well, don't we? Because we have all gotten out of a convenience store or a Walmart or someone, and there's been somebody there that's been asking for money, right? And you and I, there's been times that you and I either didn't have the money or we didn't want to give them any money, right? Okay, now don't leave me hanging here, right? Okay, we all have experienced that, right? And so what's the number one rule when you don't have the money or you don't want to give the money? What is it? Don't look at them, right? Don't look. Now, heck, no sorry, I'm going, right? That, that's it. We just don't look. Because once you make eye contact with them, then you, then you got a connection. And it just sort of pulls at you. You feel a little more guilt, don't you? Oh, you ain't saying nothing right now. No, I don't. No, I don't. No. I don't know what you're talking about, Pastor. Well, I do. Okay. I, I, when I look at them, I'm like, oh, man, you know. So, so, so that's the number one rule is not look at them. Now, let me ask you this question. Uh, has anybody, have you ever been talking to somebody, trying to tell them something that was pretty important to you, and they just pull out their phone and they start doing this? You ever experienced that? Anybody besides me experienced that? Oh, yeah. How does that make you feel? How does it make, how does it make you feel? Ignored, right? Are ticked off, right? And so, so when someone's doing this, and when they're, you're trying to talk to them and they're looking another way, they're basically saying, I don't care. Now, you may not know this about Rhonda, but she is a superwoman. I mean, like, she's like Wonder Woman. I mean, she can do so many things. She is, uh, she's a multitasker of all multitaskers. She can do it. And so there's times that I try to tell her something and she's doing 15 things at once. I mean, like, she's bing, 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 bing. I said, Rhonda, you're not listening to me. And she turns around and she can tell me everything I said. I said, listen, you might have heard me, but it, made me feel, it makes me feel like you don't care about what I got to say when you keep running back and forth. I got to chase you to tell you something. And so I need you to stop a minute and listen and look at me, you know. And so we had to have that conversation a long time ago because she's like, bing, 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 you know. And, uh, and so, because it made me feel that way. And then that's what eye contact does, is it makes you feel that way. Now, look what the Bible says here. Philippians 2, it says this. Don't be jealous or proud, but be humble and what? Consider others. consider others. How do we consider them? More important than yourself. See that? And he goes on, and look at the last line. Let's just read it. It's not that long. Let's read it together. Ready? Care about them as much as you care about yourself. So here's, what, here's the first rule in caring is this. It's coming up on the screen. I want, you to, I want you to read this out loud with me, and I want you to emphasize the word I, okay? Let's read it together. Ready? Come on. People don't care how much I know until they know how much I care. Did you get that? They don't care. And, and if you don't look at them, they think you don't care. And so when you're going to share your faith with someone, they have to know that you care first. It's I care. When you, when you begin to care, it opens up something inside of it. Again, looking at us, making it that eye contact means all the difference in the world. I read a study uh, a couple weeks ago. Again, it was in a secular book. It was not a religious book that said this, that when they asked people, do you have someone that you can confide in? Uh, back in 1985, every person that they asked named three people that they could confide in. They had someone close to them. 
And they, they went back and asked the same question in 2004, and the number went from three people to zero. And the number has not gone up today. Is the more that the more this social media spreads, the more disconnected we get from people. Now, here, so that has consequences. What sociologists sociologists have told us is this: is that not having people that you can confide in, close friends, is more dangerous than obesity. Matter of fact, they said it's like smoking 15 cigarettes a day. It's like not having friends. And so people need us, and we need each other. And listen, and, and just because you've got, I know, I know you've got 10,000 friends on social media. I know that. I, I know you're the most popular person in the whole world. I know that. But guess what? When you have something going on in your life, you can't talk to those people about it because they're not close. And so we need to slow down and learn to be interested in people, right? Instead of, trying to, instead of trying to make ourselves look so good, why don't we just stop and just begin to ask questions about them? You see, the more that, it's not about being interesting, it's about being interested in. And the way that you get close to people is you become interested in them and they want to be around you. You know, if you talk about you all the time, nobody wants to be around you. I hate to tell you that, right? So, so button up and listen up, right? That is, a, that is the rule. Okay. All right. So number two is this. Would you write the second thing down? How to give an opportunity for a better life is give them the, give them the gift of prayer. To give them the gift of prayer. The gift of prayer. I want to let you write that down and see. I want to see if you remember our three words. It's been a while. So let's see. You ready? Let's see if we can say it. Ready? Care, prayer, and share. That's right. That's our three words. Care, prayer, and share. So give them the gift of prayer. That's exactly what these guys did. Look, now remember, they just walked into the church. They're going to the church, and they're about to go through the gate, and this guy's begging, and he's asking for money. He's asking for money, and then they said, okay, hey, 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 look at me, look at me, look at me. That's what they said. Look at me. And they looked straight at him. Now look what happens here. It says this. It says, then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. Now don't you know he's disappointed then. He's like, you got no money? <laughs> Get out of here. Go on. Go to church. You know, you have no money. He's used to hearing that. Silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. Let's read what's underlined. You ready? Come on. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. He told him to get up, walk. He, he prayed for him. He said, get up and walk. Look what happened. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. Now let's read this last line together because this is pretty exciting. Let's read. You ready? He jumped to his feet and began to and began to walk. Wasn't that amazing? Honestly, the man said, I want your money. But they said, no, no, no. You don't really need more money. You need a miracle. See, some people are just asking for things they don't really need. And so when we begin to pray for people, we begin to pray for the real need. Instead of them praying for him to get more money, they prayed for him to get a miracle. And he got healed at that point in his life. Now, the thing that you have to understand is that Peter, this guy, Peter, Gave, before he gave that man a hand up, he sent a prayer up. You see what I'm talking about? And some of us are trying to, we want to help people get up, but the first thing we got to do is we send up prayer first. Send prayer up before we try to help you up, right? And so that's the that's critical thing. Why? Because you can't change anybody. Amen. I don't know, I don't know if you've accepted that or not, but you, you cannot change your parents. You can't change your brothers or sisters. You you can't change your children. You can't change anybody. You can't do that. The only person you can change is you. But prayer has the power to change everybody. Amen. Amen. 
we were sitting around uh, down in Honduras. We were working in some very, very, um, uh, the poorest of poor places, very poor. And we come back that night, and, and Michelle Daniels, our leader, was uh, sitting around the table, and she said, listen, I want you to know this, that you are the answer to somebody's prayer. She said that to us. And the next day when we went down to that place, I'll tell you what, I just had a different spirit. Because you know what? No longer did I just smell the feces that was on the ground. You know, it was all over. I, I, it was a nasty place. And the first day, I almost lost it. I mean, I'm talking about I almost got sick because it was so gross. But the next day, after she said that, I realized that I was on, I was on divine orders from God. And that I was going to be the answer to somebody's prayer. Let me tell you something. You're sitting here today because you're the answer to somebody's prayer. Somebody prayed for you. Somebody prayed for you. you. You say, well, Pastor Jeff, there's nobody in my family that's Christians. You don't know my family. No, I don't. But I'm telling you, somewhere along the way, somebody prayed for you. And you're not here on your own. And you're not good doing as good as you're doing because you're so good. No, you're doing because somebody's been propping you up with prayer. They've been calling your name out. You're just not that good. You see, you've been doing better. You've been do you, you think you've just gotten better. No, you haven't just gotten better. Somebody's been praying for you. And they've been calling on God for you in, in behalf of you. See, because, see, prayer can do for you what your mother's hickory could not do for you. Okay, now you've got to be probably about under 35 to know what that one means, right? Let me rephrase it now, okay. Prayer can do for you what time out cannot do for you, right? Prayer can do for you what taking your phone away from you can't do for you, right? Prayer can do, prayer can do for you what sitting in that principal's office could not do for you. Prayer can do for you what that arresting officer could not do for you. Prayer can do for you what nobody else in the whole world can do. It's the power of God that begins to work on the inside of us that changes everything about us and the way we see everything. It's prayer. You, you see, when you care, you offer up prayer. The greatest thing that I can do for you as your pastor, I finally realized it about two years ago, is to pray for you. I can't fix you. I can't make you better. I can't do anything for you but talk to you about God, encourage you, but I can get on my knees and tell Almighty God to walk with you every day and be with your children and give you health and keep you safe. That's what I can do, and that's what you can do. When you, when you care, you care and then you give prayer. It changes everything. Everything. Prayer changes everything. Look what the Bible says. James 5, 16. Confess your sins to each other and what? Pray. Pray for each other so that you may be what? The, look at this. The earnest prayer. That means from the heart. Not just, okay, I'm going to pray for you and you don't pray for them. Oh, God bless them, amen. No, no, no. I want you to get better. The earnest prayer of a, of a righteous person has what? Great and produces? Why don't you pray? Why, why don't you? Why don't you? It has great power. 
and it produces wonderful results. You're that wonderful result. I mean, you know, listen, you're like, well, you just don't know where I am. No, I don't know where you are, but I know where you're not where you used to be. I don't know everything about you, but I, I know you, you either were, you're either getting better or you're miserable because you're not better. Right? You're just miserable. If you're, if you're going in the opposite direction of God, you're miserable right now. Why? Because people are praying for you and God won't leave you alone. Because he loves you too much and they do too. Prayer. When I look at you and I see you as the answer to somebody's prayer, you know what I say? Would you look at God? Because he's working. And you know, and, and listen, I don't, I don't have to see a man that's crippled get up and, leave, and, and walk. I see your lives changing. That's a miracle to me. I'm like, I've been here 24 years. I'm like, I've seen you. I knew you. And I'm like, whoa, there's a God in heaven. They're doing better. Hallelujah. Amen. You don't know, but we want to write you off. We say, no, you know, oh, but look at, look, look at, you're sitting here in church. Good grief. Good God Almighty. So if you don't know Jesus today, today's your day. Getting better starts with a prayer. The reason that I offer you this prayer is because I care. And the reason at SEC we offer you this prayer because we care. And it's right here. It's a prayer to become a Christ follower. That is your first prayer to get better. It's right there. You can pray this prayer. And if you mean it, say, God, that's me. I mean it. God will change you. And it begin to do the miracle. And we ask you just to... Check it on the back of this card so we can pray for you as well because we care. We want to pray. We care, so we'll give you the prayer. Well, one of the things that I've done over the years is I have a prayer list. I don't know if you have one or not, but I just got a little piece of notebook paper, nothing special about it. I have 23 names on this list, 23 names. And some of them are my neighbor's names, some people that I work at at the gym. And, and, you know, I just pray for them. Because I realize that, you know, they need, everybody needs Jesus. And so, you know, uh, like when I started going to the gym, I, I began to try to meet people, you know. And I forget that everybody's not like you. I do. Because you're good people. You're nice people. Everyone in this room, you know what, is, is a pretty good person. I believe that. Or at least you fake it around me. <laughs> and let me just say thank you for that. Thank you. You know, but, you know, I go to the gym, and these people, I don't know them. But, see, I walked in the gym thinking I'm going to, you know, lead people to Jesus. So i got to get to know them first. So I go up and, and introduce myself. Well, some people think that's strange, you know. A little bald-headed man comes up and says, hey, how are you? They've never met you before in your life, you know. They think you're a creeper. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, man, what's going on with you? What you smoking? What you selling, you know? And so but what's amazing is, is that after I begin to write their names down on this paper, because that's all I want to know. You just give me your name. I just finally want to know you enough to get your name. And once I get your name, then I got it on my paper. And then it's between you and God. See, I'm going to start praying for you. And it's amazing to me how that, as I've done that, that how God is now, those people instead of running from me, like there's that, there's that guy, I don't know, you know, they run to me. And they, you know, want to have conversation. And you see, this is what I've learned, is that my invitation sometimes it, it begins to bring a, a conversation. And so when I begin to talk, talk to people, I don't just go up and say, hey, you know Jesus, if you died right now, you're going to go to heaven or hell. They tell me to go to hell. <laughs> that's, a, that's a real world, baby. I'm not trying to be hard. That's it, right? Am I right about that? Yes. 
If that's your tactic, then drop that one because it don't work. <laughs> no, I got to get to know you. But see, I got to have the Holy Spirit do his part or you'll never be ready to hear what I got to say. And so I, I just write your name. There are 23 names, right? You know, there's people that I went to a car dealership, got to know some people, and some of their names are on this list. You know what's amazing to me? Over the last two years, how many showed up here? It's amazing. You know why? Because I prayed for it. it it's not about, I know it. It's not because I'm so handsome and I got this winsome personality. Oh, no, no, no. No, that ain't what they thought when I first met them. No, uh-uh. Although, I will tell you this. This week, we were at that missionary's home. They had a parrot there. And every time I walked by that parrot, it whistled at me. Every time. I said, you know, I'm glad that parrot can see. But what they told me was that that parrot, you know, they said they'll live to be about 120 years old, and they predicted it was about 75 years old. I said, oh, she's 75 and attracted to me. Okay. All righty. So I want you to remember to pray. So here's a question for me. Who are you, who are you consistently praying for? Do you care enough to write their name down? You say, well, I, I know who they are. No, no. Do you care enough to write their names down where you can review it weekly and pray for them? Who do you care enough for that you're willing to pray consistently for? Because it's going to determine if they have an opportunity for a better life. You see, just like here in the next couple of weeks, uh, we're about to move in this new auditorium. Just like Peter, you know what he does? He, 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 reached, he, he sent a prayer up before he reached his hand out. You know what? We've sent prayers up for people before we set more seats out in our auditorium. You know that? So next week, you know what? Next week when you come in, uh, listen, this place is going to be packed out. Why? Because there's people that's been waiting on us to give them a seat. And so now that we've done, we, we, we cared enough to provide the seat, we've been praying for them, and now we're just going to expect some of your friends are going to show up, and you're going to go, oh, my God, I never thought they'd come to church. Just what we said when you showed up. <laughs> the same thing. When you showed up, we said, boy, the structure better be good. That's right. That's exactly what we said when you showed up. That's right. So you're going to say the same thing, right? Amen. See, we're expecting people to, do, to come. We're expecting people. Okay, let me give you number three. The third thing is this. The third thing is share your faith in God with them. You have to share your faith in God with them. Anybody remember our three words? Let's see if we can say them again. You ready? Come on. Care, prayer, and share. Care, prayer, and share. Look at what happened. So they, so they, they, they prayed for the guy. had a miracle. He jumped up and started running around, and people was all going, whoa, would you look at God? Would you look at God? And they're like, how did this happen? And then he begins to explain. In verse 16, it says, Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was what? And you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. So what I want to share with you is this, is that if people are going to be healed, we have to begin to share our story. That's what Peter did. He went back and shared this man's story to people. They're like, what happened? He shared his story. Most of us don't want to share our faith because we're scared to. We don't... We're scared to do that. We don't know, think we know how. Well, Jesus knew that would be the case, so he showed us what to do. Look what happens here. Acts 1 and 8, it says this. Jesus said, but you will receive what? Power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Let's read what's on the line. Ready? And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the other parts of the earth. So here's the deal. He said a witness is what you're going to be. You know, when, when, if you're called into a court of law to be a witness for a situation, 
you're not, you know, when they put you on the witness stand, they say, okay, can you, can you recite the law in this case? They don't ask you to be a lawyer, do they? They ask you to be a witness. They don't ask you to know all the legal jargon. They don't ask you to know all of that stuff. All they want you to tell is what you've seen and what you heard, right? That's what a witness does. A witness doesn't have all the answers. They just tell what they've seen and heard. And see, many of you will not share your faith because you're afraid that somebody's going to ask you something that you don't know. You know, when you start talking about religious stuff, you're afraid that somebody's going to ask you a question that you don't know. Well, I'm going to tell you, I've got the perfect answer for any question that someone asks you about that you don't know. Here it is. You ready? When someone asks you something about God or anything that you don't know, this is what you say. I don't know. Amen. <laughs> That's it. Don't be stupid like I was. You know, years ago, I used to think I had to have all the answers. And man, I come up, I made up some stuff. <laughs> you ever done that because I didn't want to look stupid? But I found out I looked more stupid the more I talked. Now you just say, I don't know. Here's what a witness does. See, see, don't worry about what you don't know. Share what you do know. Amen. All I know is my family tree looks like this. And Jesus came into me when I was 15 years old. And now my life is like this. Amen. The only difference, the thing that changed my whole family dynamic was that, was Jesus Christ. I was blind, but now I see. Amen. That's all I know. That's all I know. And some of you, God has done some great things for you. He's done some great things for you. So this is what I want you to do. You see this card you have, your Easter invite cards? You take that out. I want you to take this card. I don't want you to just leave this at a gas station. I don't want you to just put it in the grocery store. I want you to physically hand this to somebody. Why? Because your invitation will be their transformation. God will use you just like that guy Randy Brooks in my life. He used him to share Jesus with me, and it changed my life, changed our family dynamic. I want you to do that. Invite someone to Easter. You know what? Easter, we're doing five services. We're doing one on Friday night, Saturday night. We're doing three on Sunday. Why would we do that? Because we believe that 2,000 people are going to show up here. You know why? Because you're going to bring 10 apiece, right? <laughs> I heard those amens. Yes, we are. You look. These people are going to show up. Amen. Why? Because I've been praying. And so I'm giving you a two-week notice so you can start praying. Amen. And you can begin to pray. And listen, we care and we give the prayer and then we share. And when you bring your friends here, I'm telling you that I'm going to be doing a series on, on anxiety. It's going to be the, one of the best series I believe I've ever done. I'm going to do that series about how God can help you with the anxiousness of life. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to give a gospel invitation at the end. And guess what? They're going to pull that card out because you cared and you sent the prayer up. And now we're going to share together. And guess what? They're going to get saved. Amen. You're going to do that. You're going to do it. So what I'd like for you to do is on the back of that connection card, if you check this box, it says, I will do my best to share my faith by personally inviting someone to come to Easter service at SEC. One of the five that we're going to have. So just check that box so we can pray with you that God will give you what you need. Now, you have a communion cup. Does everybody have that cup? Just go ahead and take it out. I'm going to invite you to stand with me at this time. Communion, communion is very sacred. 
do you, you ever wonder why Jesus did this? He said, do this and remember it to me. You know what? Here's what you, you forget about what you stop talking about. Many of us have forgotten what Jesus has done for us. We've forgotten. You see, some of you, someone was sharing with me this week that how, that, you know, they were, they were close to death. They never forgot that. That's where God, God saved them. I mean, literally saved their life. Someone was sharing with me how they was almost in an automobile accident and how they know that God took care of them. All through your life, you've had those God moments, but you've you sort of forgot. And Jesus said, I want you to do one thing to make you remember. It's called communion. Do not forget about it. Today, I want you to pull that tab back. I want you to take this wafer out. And I want you to remember that God cared so much for you. And Jesus prayed for you that he shared his life with you. And the reason that we're going to share, the reason that we're going to share this Easter, we're going to invite our friends. The next Sunday is going to be a joyous day for our family. Why? Because we, 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 don't, we want to keep talking about what God has done for us. And so Jesus said, do this in remembrance to me. So would you take this wafer right now and remembering the Lord's body that was broken for you? Jesus, we remember. We remember what you did in order that we can have hope. And we're not afraid because you did what you did. You gave your body. It was beaten. And it was broken for us. And thank you. Would you pull the next tab back? This is juice. It's a symbol of the blood of Jesus. It represents the power of God. Let, let me tell you about it. Watch. What this represents is this. Is that when you ask Jesus to come in your life and save you. And the Bible says it's like his blood covers you. And so you know what that means? That makes us blood kin with Jesus. When God looks at you, he looks at you as his own child because you have his blood. So you can't see that, but that's what happens. And this is just a reminder of what he's done for you. Right now, has God been good to you? Let me ask you, has God been good to you? Has God been good to you? And right now, as you drink this juice, just remember that. Lord God, we thank you that you're good. And that you're great. Yes, thank you. And God, there's nothing greater than you. There's Lord, there's no problem bigger than you, oh God. You are the greatest of all. And you've given us life. You've given us hope, oh God. And so today as we pray, God, we ask you that you would empower us, oh Lord. And that you would help us share our faith, God, because we care. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.